Thanks for listening. We would love if you could leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening today and let us know how we are doing. Be sure to check out our social media pages at CreekwoodUMC and our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more ways to get involved at Creekwood United Methodist Church in person, online, or both. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. In the drop-down menu. This is a wonderful time of year to connect here at Creekwood, and we would love for you to let us know that you are worshiping with us today. You can scan the QR code in the back of your seats or go to creekwoodumc.org register. This is so we can track your attendance as well as any prayer requests that you might have. Preteens and students, we especially want to connect with you. Be sure to check out opportunities during the Creekwood Plus Time, Sundays, 3.30 to 5.30. And for adults, one of the most important ways we can experience God's love is through a small group or a Bible study. And I would love to help you find a way to do that in this time of year. We're so glad you chose to give this time to God, to be awestruck, to be in wonder, to see the new life that is springing around us. Now, worship is about to begin. Thank you, Phyllis, for that wonderful prelude. Friends, I hope that you use that prelude time in order to center yourselves and prepare for worship. 
One of the things I love when I come in here on Sunday mornings is to hear all of you greeting one another and chatting with one another and spilling coffee if you're in the choir all over the floor. Um, But then when the prelude comes and you all take a moment to center yourselves and to listen to Phyllis's God-given talent, I hope that that is a moment where you prepare yourself for worship. Well, good morning again, and welcome to Creekwood United Methodist Church, where we are growing deep roots to share God's love. My name's Carrie Lynn, and I'm one of the pastors here. And whether you're joining us in person or you're joining us online this morning, we are so glad that Creekwood is where you have decided to experience God's presence this morning. Today, we're in our second week of our sermon series called Ordinary Love, and we have a special guest preacher this morning. Um, A dear friend of mine, Marcus Jones, is going to be bringing our sermon later in this service, and we are so excited. Marcus is going to be bringing us this message about um, familial love. So we are really excited to have um, a brother in the United Methodist Connection come and bring that message specifically. So um, a couple of housekeeping things as far as worship is concerned. We would love for you to register your attendance with us. You can do that at creekwoodumc.org slash register. You can scan this QR code, the QR code in the back of your seat pocket. And if you're worshiping online, that uh, link should be right there in the comments section. This is so that we can collect your information. We can find out if you Um, want to join a small group, but also so that we can receive your prayer requests. That's something that our team goes over every Monday morning, and we want to continue to be in prayer with all of the different situations that you have going on in your life. We love when you share concerns with us in that form. We also love when you share with us your joys and your triumphs. And so thank you again for your continued um, engagement with that online form and learning even how to, to do that and to do it well. So as we are in this worship service together and we're thinking about this familial love that we all share together, we're going to affirm that as we stand and we recite the Apostles' Creed together, if you'll stand. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Good morning. How are you? Are you feeling rad today? You're, you should, because your dress says, I'm rad. I like it. I need one of those. It should say, I'm tired. <laughs> Mine should too, so I totally know how that is. Carter, are you coming up here? Are you coming? He's like, I'm not quite sure where I'm going. I'm not sure. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you're here. Hi. Okay, I need for you guys to do me a favor. Ready? Okay, close your eyes for just a second. Church, you can do this too if you want to. Um, close your eyes for just a second and pull out the brand new box of 64 crayons that you just got. And I want for you to open up the lid and take a look at all those crayons. And I want for you to pick the one crayon that describes you today, the one color. Okay, and go ahead and pull that crayon out. And you can close the lid and set those back aside. Okay? All right, you can open your eyes. So what color did you pick? Like bright green. Bright green? Love it. Hey, Max, did you pick a color? Did you pick one? No, no, it's okay. What color did you pick? Lilac. Wow, that's a beautiful color. I totally forgot that was in the box of crayons. Which one did you pick, Jackson? Red. Red, good. What? Which one? Golden. Nice. I like that. Okay, very good. So have you ever noticed that when we pick, uh, or that colors help us describe kind of how we're feeling, our emotions and all that kind of stuff? Have you noticed that? So um, like the color blue, for instance, let's think of that color. That is kind of like a calm color. We see that yeah, blue, we see it in the ocean, we see it in the sky, like when we're at the beach. Yellow is a cheerful color. It's all happy, smiley faces are yellow. You said maybe blue. Is brown, then that's Galveston. I don't know. I... <laughs> what if it has a red flag? Well, that means don't go past it. Don't swim past the red flag. I think that's what those th the red flag means. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe. So, and then green, green is like the color of nature, yeah? So like for me, green brings like security. And what was the other one I wrote here? Oh yeah, refreshed. Like that was like green to me. Recycling, we think of that a lot, yeah? And then purple is the color of a king. And orange is playful. And pink is soft like a brand new baby. All these colors, yeah? Now, how about red? Somebody said red earlier. Now, red is kind of one of those funny colors, right? Because it can provide us with opposite feelings. So sometimes it's like love and excitement, and other times it's like danger and stop, yeah? I just noticed in my grocery cart the other day, everything was red, and I was like, does this mean this is all full of, like, not healthy? I don't know. It's like danger, danger. Don't buy that. <laughs> it was weird. So colors are really important to the way that we feel. Yeah, they are. Now take a look at this. I have a picture that's going to come up here. Um, this, I don't know if you've ever seen this before. This is a huge stained glass window that is at a church, a United Methodist Church up in Kansas, which is a state just north of us. Hold on just a second. And um, this thing is enormous. It is actually 93 feet long. That's huge, right? But see how all of these colors are there with all these colors, they like glow together. Now, do you know what a stained glass window is? 
Okay, so it's like tons of little pieces of glass put together and they're all different colors and shapes. And, and then behind it, behind it, the sun comes through and it just shines all of these different colors. And it's like this beautiful, beautiful piece of art. It's really gorgeous. Now remember a second ago when I asked you what color uh, you chose out of that box, yeah? Imagine for just a second that you um, are that color and you are within this stained glass window, okay? Now look at, us, at all of us, we're like all working together to make this beautiful, beautiful glass, right? This beautiful piece of art. Do you think that there is a color there that is more important than another? Do you think so? Yeah. You do think so? Which one? White. White? You think the white is the most important color? You know, I don't think there is a most important color there because we need every single one of them. Imagine for a second the color that you chose, take it out, like in your mind, take that color out of the window. And all of a sudden, it's just not the same, right? It's not as beautiful. It doesn't work as, as gorgeous as it can. Yeah, so each color really is important, every single one of them. Being a part of God's family is like being a part of this stained glass window. We all work together to make up the church, yeah? But the cool thing is that we're not all the same. We don't all bring the same thing. Each of us has a very special gift, and when we put all of those gifts together, we get beauty, and it works. Amazing. So think about your color again. So like blue, uh, maybe that signifies being quiet and praying for others. Or green is like that, that um, color of security and you, you, you like mission work and helping others. Or maybe your color was yellow and you love to help people at the front door and you're cheerful and so excited and come have a seat by me. Same as red. Yeah, love. I love you and I'm excited that you're here. Exactly. No matter what your gift is, it's special and it's necessary and God gave it to you. Yeah? And then, when we take those individual gifts and we combine those gifts together um, with others, we do make this beautiful thing, and it makes us feel good, and then we want to take that out into the world. So the stained glass, you need to know this, is never finished. Yeah, the stained glass is never finished. God's family is never complete. We continue to add people every single day, and that's so, so important, isn't it? Yeah. So when people come here or when we go out into the world, we want to continue to tell people about God and say, come, come learn and be a part of our family. Yeah? All right, let's pray. You ready? Y'all repeat after me. Dear God, Dear God thank you for giving us special gifts that help people to know they are loved by you. Amen. All right, y'all have a good day.
Thank you to our choir for that wonderful anthem this morning. And thank you, Alex, for being our special guest on the cello. We really appreciate that. Friends, as we continue to take inspiration from our musicians in worship today, uh, let us join together as we pray. God, we thank you for the gifts that you have given us. We thank you especially this morning for the gifts that you've bestowed upon the musicians in this congregation, the ways in which they bring your word to us in song. God, we thank you for all of the different relationships that we get to share in this life with one another. The ways in which we see more and more of your image by knowing more and more of your people. And we ask that as we continue to open our hearts to see the ways in which we might love more and love better, that you would be with us, that you would soften our hearts to think about the ways in which we love everyone. God, we ask that you would put people in our lives that would say to us, your God is my God. Your Lord is my Lord. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would empower us if we are to be the one to say to someone else, your God is my God, your Lord is my Lord. Let it continue to be love that unites us. We pray for those in our community that are not with us this morning, those who are quarantined or sick or can't be with us for some other reason. We pray this morning for those who are feeling especially lonely and for those who just need an extra measure of your grace. And God, if it is us to be the one to bring the extra measure of your grace, we ask that your Holy Spirit would stir in us so that we might be moved to action. And most of all, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, who taught us what it meant to love everyone, who gathered around him brothers and sisters to be with him in his ministry, And didn't let the rules of the world get in the way of community. We ask that you would be with us as we continue to follow his example. And it's in your name that we pray by the Spirit in one voice the words he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we continue in worship together, we're going to move to our time of offering. And if you thought last week was going to be the last time I was going to talk about the stewardship campaign, 
you are wrong. Of all the things to make bets on here this week, people. Uh, but I do want to give an update on our stewardship campaign. We have some really exciting things to report about that. Um, we've received 125 pledges so far. Um, within that, 18 of those pledges are people who've never pledged to Creekwood before and are doing that for the first time. We are so excited that that is something that you all um, have decided is part of your spiritual discipline, part of your relationship with God and important to you. The other exciting thing to report is that of the pledges that we've received, 36% of them are pledges that have um, increased from the last time that family unit did pledge. And so we are excited to see that not only are so many of you uh, stepping up to start pledging, but also you are increasing your giving. And we are so grateful for the ways in which you all pledge any amount. There's a reason that we don't um, talk about who gives the most or anything in that sort. And that's the same as when Jesus talked about um, the woman who gave two coins, right? She gave all that she had. And so you know what generosity looks like for you and for your family. And we hope that God continues to push you in that so we're sitting at 125 pledges as of right now. Creekwood's all-time high for pledges is 147 family units. We want to top that, and we are pushing by the end of February to have 150 family units pledge for the 2020, 2022 year. And so if you have not filled out a pledge card and you maybe have questions or the Holy Spirit maybe is moving in you to fill out a pledge card as of this morning. Uh, you can talk to Rusty after the service. You can always pledge online or you can call at the office. Also, if you still maybe have the packet that was mailed to you with a card in it, we would love for you to consider maybe what it would look like for you and your family to fill that out and to make that commitment towards our church this year. Our ushers are prepared to take this morning's regular offering, and we are uh, so grateful again for the ways in which you all not only uh, pledge so that you can invest in this church, but you give to those pledges. And so we really appreciate all of the different ways in which you all are so committed to the ministries that happen inside of this church, but also the mission that happens outside of this church. And so would you pray with me as we ask God to bless today's offering? God, for every gift that is given in here, in person, and online this week, we ask that it might be used responsibly and faithfully. God, we pray that 25 more families might find it in themselves to make a commitment to this local congregation for this year. God, we thank you for the ways in which you continue to bless us and to draw us to generosity in all things. Help us remember to keep you at the center of every part of our lives. It's in your name we ask these things. Amen. Arise, O Jerusalem, and stand on high and look about toward the east and behold thy children gathered from the west unto the east by the word 
I will sing. 
You may be seated. Before Carrie comes up to read our scripture for us this morning, I want to just give a quick word of introduction to um, let you all get to know a little bit Marcus. So uh, I get the opportunity to participate in a lot of connectional United Methodist events, and every single one that I am at, Marcus is there. Um, Marcus and I have traveled all around the world together. We've been to South Africa for the Global Young People's Convocation. We've been at SMU, um, so, or participating with online annual conference together. Um, and different preaching conferences. So Marcus works, it's what's called the Wesley Campus Ministry. And this is United Methodist pastors that are appointed or asked to serve on college campuses, providing campus ministry to that area. And so Marcus brings Methodist theology um, to young adults that maybe in college are not experiencing church in certain ways or have um, not grown up Methodist and are learning that type of theology, but he also just provides community. And so one of the things that Marcus is really good at that you almost always see him with is empowering young people so that they understand that they have a place in the church now. They don't have to wait until they're older or real adults to be part of the church. And so Marcus is actually so good at his job that they are going to be moving him next month to be the Wesley Campus Director at the University of Texas at Arlington. And so we are so excited to um, celebrate that with Marcus, and we know that there is going to be so many wonderful opportunities with that. Um, Marcus is married, and he's got two kids that are way cooler than he is, and it's really sad that they're not here today. So we will have to, I mean, all y'all's kids are cooler than y'all are, come on. Um, and so we are so excited that Marcus is going to be here. And so Carrie, if you will come and read scripture for us. Our scripture for this morning is Romans 12, 3 through 13. 
For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as one body, we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ. And individually, we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy and promotion to faith, ministry and ministering, the teacher and teaching, the exhorter and exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, and compassionate in cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. sanctuary pure and holy tried and true and with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary Lord for you let us pray Gracious God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment of preaching. Guide us, we pray, into greater understanding of your love for us, your hope for us to love beyond measure, and to honor you with our lives. Teach us, O oh God, the good works of love to transform our families, our church, our communities, and our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning to you all. That's what I like. That. You're starting off good already. So some of you probably already have realized this, that uh, one of the things I love most about children's moments is that it's participatory, that we ask questions and we, we garner the children's attention and we ask them to respond to the things that we're saying. And I'm a black preacher, as y'all can see, and so we are participatory as well. So. Uh, throughout the duration of our time together, if you feel an amen somewhere uh, in your throat and you want to say amen, preacher, then you can say that. If, if, you know, if the Holy Ghost falls on you in a different kind of way, you want to say preach, preacher, you can say that as well. Uh, we welcome those. We are participatory and celebrating in, um, in our preaching. But I'm excited to be here 
Um, as Carolyn told you, we have literally traveled half the world and back together. Um, and it is a pleasure to always be in the space where you have friends uh, and colleagues. And David as well, in his absence, I've gotten to know him over the course of these years. And uh, it's a pleasure just to be here and serve with you all. I want to paint a picture for you this morning. The year is 1982. And a country young boy from Louisiana goes to a club called the Rock House. And as you can imagine by the name, this is one of those small hole-in-the-wall country clubs uh, in Louisiana. And he's there, and he's with his brothers, and, and they're having a good old time. And um, by chance, in walks a city girl from Dallas. And she walks in, and she's looking amazing. And she has her hair all done up in the best 1980s hairdo that you can that you can have at that time. And she walks in, and she's with her friends. And she walks in, and this old country guy, he's captivated. He, he sees her as she comes in, and, and he's captivated. And he's like, ooh, I, I need to go find out who that young lady is. And, and so he approaches her, and they find themselves standing in the middle of the dance floor as he comes from one side of the room, and she comes from the other side of the room and they find themselves in the center of the dance floor, and right as they are about to begin to talk to each other, this song comes on. And as future would have it, they do become a family. That country young man from Louisiana was my dad, and that city girl from Dallas was my mom, and they met in a small little club, and Sister Sledge was the music that coordinated the start of our family. <laughs> and now I can say we are family, just like the song says. And my mother and my father, as you can imagine, come from very two different types of family. A city girl from Dallas and a country guy from Louisiana. You know, the argument is probably over, you know, is it sugar on your grits or is it salt and butter in your grits? We don't know what's going on. But these two very different individuals become family, and immediately their families expand. And as you, all of you who have uh, become new family members in some way or another, whether it be through marriage or whatnot, you know that there are going to be some challenges when two different families come together. And I think just like my family and like many of yours, our families are always changing. Babies are being born. People are marrying. Friends become family. And then families become parts of communities. 
And I, I believe the question that our scripture asks us this morning is, how do we, as members of God's family, with all of our different gifts and graces, with all of our different likes and desires, all of the different and unique ways we are created to exist together, how do we become more loving as a family? How do we become more unified as a family? And how do we as families become families of community? Well, I'm glad y'all asked that question. The scripture that was read before you, and I'm going to read it again because I'm a firm believer that we should hear the scripture multiple times, um, will begin to ask us, the, allow us to answer these questions in such a way where I believe we as the body, as, the, as God's family, We'll be able to see how we operate in the world and how we operate as God's extension of God's family to bring family into our churches and bring family into our communities and ultimately make this one big family of God more loving and more unified. Amen? There we go. Just testing y'all out. The scripture reads again, for by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of yourselves more highly than you are, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all of the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry and ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. This is one of my favorite parts of this scripture. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. We are a society of very unique and diverse people. Even in homogenous communities, no two people are alike. Go around the room and though all of you may look alike, you're not alike in some way or another. In addition to that, we are in a changing world or a world of changing social dynamics. Internet, social media, and mass transit has made our world much smaller than it actually is. And more than any time in history, I believe, the inclination for people to choose um, friends over family is becoming more of a reality. We're having things like friends given, Galentine's Day, all of these things in which we began to, in some ways, replace family with the people who we've made family. Amen? And I believe all of this makes us look at the ways in which we love more intentionally, how we should be more intentional in the ways that we love. We are challenged, I believe, to discover love in ways that align with these changing dynamics and these changing social values and all the ways in which God desires for us to be in family and community. When we're speaking of this kind of love, we're usually speaking of phileo, love for brethren, love for one another, love for family, love 
for one another in goodness. And I think if we're going to be the kind of Christians that embody the kind of love that requires us to be the family of God, we have to wrestle with the question, what does a loving family look like? I've got some feedback here. I believe when we look at this pericope, when we look at these verses of Scripture that are together, we can break them down into two parts. Verse 3 through 8 reveals to us that we are members of the same body, same family, but different. And how each one of those differences contribute to the family at large. And then verses 9 through 13 show us how to love and treat one another despite those differences. I'll say that again. Verses 3 through 8 reveal to us that we are members of the same body, the same family, but we are different. With different gifts and different contributions to the family. And verse 9 through 13 show us how to love and treat one another despite those differences. And these 11 verses collectively together show us four things, I believe, that when we become family in such a way that God is glorified and our families and our communities are edified. Y'all want to know what those four are? There we go. The first one is this. I think the scripture is telling us, get off your high horse. I'll say that again. Get off your high horse. Verse 3 says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And I know I, I, I come from a family, a country family and a city family, and they came together. And I'm sure many of you can, can uh, testify and, 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 and also agree with me that sometimes we have some, some, some high-class folk in our family. And then we got some folk who we, uh, we don't like to be around during the family functions. We, got some, we have some family members who think they are the best thing that God ever made, and they look at everybody else like, why did you make them God? And these exist in our natural families, and also in our churches, and also in our communities, and also in the body of Christ. And I believe the scripture is telling us that if we are truly to be the family that God desires for us to be, then you're going to have to get off your high horse. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what kind of lifestyle you live. It doesn't matter the choices that you made, how many degrees you have. Ultimately, we are all the same individuals in God's eyes, but we're just different. And I believe wholeheartedly that when we get off of our high horses and, and stop looking down at people and looking at other people in different ways and begin to love people with the same love that God desires, then we'll get off our high horse like Paul was knocked off his and we will start doing ministry and family together full of love and charity and grace. Amen? The second thing is this, and I hate to bust somebody's bubble in here, but number two is this, you are not mom's favorite. I know that hurt. I'm sorry. I did not mean to do that to someone because someone has been living all these years believing that they were mom's favorite. But in the kingdom of God, there is no mom's favorite. Verse 4 says, we, for as, as we are one body, we have many members, and not all of the members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one, in one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Now I know mom says, you know, I love all my kids the same, but I love this one differently. Well, thankfully... 
God loves us all differently, but with the same equality. And that's good news to me. Thank you. I love that. Amen. Thank you. I, I will take that one. I'm going to put that one right here. That no matter how we live and how we think, we should know that none of us are God's favorite because we're all God's favorite. And God wants us to live with one another with that same kind of mentality. I'm a big brother. I'm the oldest of, of four. And uh, I do think I'm my mom's favorite. I'm pretty sure she's watching because I'm her favorite. But I also acknowledge that my gifts are different. Who I am is different. My relationship with my mother is different. And my mom often shows me how different we are when she caters to the others above me sometimes. And I can get in my feelings, and I can think because mom did something for my little brother that, that, that mom didn't do for me, that God, my mom doesn't love me. But God doesn't operate that way. Because we have different gifts and different graces but God loves us the same. Number three is this. Act like you love each other. Somebody heard that before. Yeah. It's picture time. We need this family photo so that we can send it out to everyone for Christmas. Act like you love each other. Put your arm around your brother. Love on them. Verse 9 says, let love be genuine. Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor. One of the things I believe we have down packed, I think we do this really well as churches, is that we are very nice. We can be very nice. We can be very cordial. You can see people and get them to smile. But what does it look like to love one another? To say, because God created you and because God created me and because we are in the same family, I am going to love you genuinely. I'm not going to bring evil to you, nor will I engage in evil, but I am going to outdo you in showing love. I'm going to be so good to you that I will become mom's favorite. I'm going to show love. And every time I see you in need, I'm going to give that need. And every time I see you hurting, I'm going to comfort you. And every time I see you celebrating, I'm going to celebrate with you. Because it's going to be my job to act like I love you. And as I continue to act like I love you, then love will become quite natural. And the last one is this. We learned this when Barney was, was hot. Is Barney still hot? Is Barney still a thing? Number four is this. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Verse 12 and 13 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and extend hospitality to strangers. We are all the body. We all have needs. Some of those physical and tangible. Some of those emotional and intangible. But we all have needs, and we all have everything that we need to share with others. I'm a firm believer that every community, especially every community of faith, has everything it needs to eradicate all the problems that exist in their community. If there's homelessness in the community, there's enough resources to eradicate it. If there's depression in the community, there's enough love to eradicate it. If there are things happening in our community, we as the body, because sharing is caring, have enough to share so that there's no lack. 
The book of Acts tells us this, that the community came together and all who had need they shared so there was no lack in the community because as my six-year-old has revealed to me, even though it's his, it's ours. And if we had that mindset, and if we understood that just because God blessed it to me doesn't mean I have to hoard it and hold it really tight because God gave it to me so that I can give it to others, whether that be my time, my talent, or my commitment. Amen? My family started on a dance floor in 1982 to a song called We Are Family. And since that day, more family has been added, and there are some others who are no longer with us. And I believe wholeheartedly that we, too, can start families at this rock house, the house that is built upon a rock, this church. I thought I'd try to bring that in somewhere. But we can also dance to the rhythm of God's love in our homes, and in our communities, because as Sister Sledge told us, we are family. Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you that you love us so much that you've made us family. We pray, God, that as we continue to be family, be the one body that you've created us to be in and desired for us to be, that we would operate in love, that we will love ardently, enthusiastically, that we won't think of ourselves more highly than we ought, but we will share liberally with one another so that there's no lack in our community. Show us, reveal to us how we can be family, the family that glorifies you and edifies our communities. In the master's name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, with
seat for just a second. We've got some announcements that we have. Uh, but before we get to that, I hope that you will join me in thanking Marcus again for being our guest preacher today. Now remember, he already has a job, so can't trade him for me. Sorry. Uh, so a couple of announcements that we have. One of them super, super, super important. So our Ordinary Love Challenge that we're doing to go with this sermon series. Remember, we're offering up a daily challenge every day for us to show some ordinary love in the community. And so as soon as you go outside of the sanctuary, well, you'll go to Sunday school. After Sunday school, when you come back, there's a table with bright cards and crayons and markers and everything your sweet little artist heart was desiring during children's time. And the challenge for today is to write a nice note and to leave it on someone's car. So if you can do that, um, if you want to leave a note on cars here at Creekwood, you can do that. Our kids are going to be doing that during Sunday school. So if you want to take it, and if you're going to the grocery store later today, leaving a nice note on someone's car, if you're driving past a friend's house on your way home and they don't put their car in the garage, um, we would love for you all to participate in that uh, challenge for today. We've already got it set up for you. So take some time to do that either before or after your Sunday school or small group this morning. And then the second announcement that we have, Christmas was like five minutes ago, but we are getting ready for Easter, which is crazy town. So we need lots and lots and lots of candy. And so there are all different kinds of ways to participate in donating the candy for our egg hunt. Miss Allison even has an Amazon wish list set up so you can just purchase it on Amazon and have it sent to the church. You can buy candy when you're out at the store and uh, bring it here, whatever works best for you. The other thing is we need people to stuff the candy into the eggs that we'll use for the egg hunt. So the way that we do that is you like go home with a bag of candy and a bag of eggs and you can stuff it while watching the Olympics or however you like to spend your time. So be thinking about that. You can always contact Miss Allison with questions as far as that's concerned. So friends, that's all the announcements that we have for today. So if you'll stand, Marcus will bring us our benediction. As we go from this place, but never from God's presence, let us be reminded that we are God's family and we're commissioned to go out with that love to make loving families and loving communities. Amen.
Thank you for joining us here for worship at Creekwood United Methodist Church Online. I invite you to go check out our website for opportunities in the future, both in person and online, to connect with God, connect with others, and continue to share God's love out in the world together. Have a great day. Hello, my name is David Lesner, and I'm one of the pastors at Creekwood United Methodist Church. We are located in Fairview, Texas, right east of Allen, just north of the Dallas area. The sermon you're about to hear was recorded at one of our worship services, which we'd love to invite you to check out live at 8.30 a.m. for traditional or 11 a.m. for contemporary on Sunday mornings on our Facebook page or the recorded version on YouTube. We'd love for you to check out our social media pages at Creekwood UMC or our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more information about what is happening and how you can grow with us in our mission to share God's love. If you feel inspired, there's also a way to give at the top of the website. Thanks for listening to this sermon, and we hope it inspires you in your journey with God.